0: Let's turn our attention to uh, the tinfoil hats in the room, because apparently there's a lot more tinfoil hats in the room if we're talking about the room being uh, Canada than we anticipated. Uh Abacus Data polled a bunch of Canadians and asked about their stance on conspiracy theories and how popular they've become uh, as we were locked away during the pandemic. Surfing the inter- Internet a lot more and reading misinformation, trying to figure our way through this pandemic, it seems that a lot of people have globbed on to misinformation and are holding on tightly. 40% of respondents say they believe in something called the grace, great replacement therapy or theory rather. And uh, we're joined now to talk about it and why it's so concerning by Timothy Caulfield, who's a Canada chair research chair in health law and policy based at the University of Alberta who specializes in misinformation. You know, I got to be honest, Tim, I sound like I'm struggling through the show today. I sadly decided last night that I would start watching on Disney Plus Pistols about the sex pistols. It's done by Danny Boyle and it's fantastic. It actually ties in really nicely with this conversation. So what I did is I binged watched and now I'm underslept and it's getting in the way of me speaking, but I highly recommend the show. What's really interesting about that show is Malcolm McLaren was a great string puller when it came to what he wanted to accomplish, and that was uh destruction and and mayhem and he wanted to do it through this band called the sex pistols and that's why he put them together they thought he was building a band he was really just building this movement which you know turned into the punk movement and when you look at the punk movement and look at what was going on in the states during trump's presidency it's not too far off like steve bannon and uh you know the higher-ups in the trump campaign were definitely targeting that same group of lost guys primarily
1: Okay, Kelly, I'm super impressed with that connection. First of all, I'm a massive Sex Pistols fan. Secondly, love the show. Thirdly, what a great, what a great connection you made there. (laughs) So very impressed. And I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, the Sex Pistols really were in many ways a PR project, they were an art project more than anything. And they used the discontent, the frustration, the fear uh, of a certain sector of of society and in order to, to create a movement. And unfortunately, you know, as you're implying there, the exact same thing is happening now, but I think with less let's put a, of an art veneer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) of a great tunes veneer uh, around this movement, because it's really what's happening is we're seeing in conspiracy theories being uh, embraced by, by this, a very similar cohort uh, of individuals. Uh yeah, the the data that's that's emerging over the last couple months, there was a survey that that came out just, you know, days ago and and it fits very nicely with other research that's has been done has really found this incredible normalization of conspiracy theories. You know, gone, you know these are conspiracy theories that are hardcore Kelly. These are hardcore conspiracy theories that have gone kind of from the fringes to being being normalized you know this idea that bill gates started the pandemic in order to force vaccination so we could put microchips in all of us i mean that that's hardcore stuff right and Mm -hmm. and uh about 25 percent of canadians are at least open to that idea um and you're right the great replacement theory which is you know you know discriminatory you know racist also embraced by a large number of Canadians, and and it's you know has this anti-Semitic background to it, the underpinnings to it. You know, building on the protocols of the Elders of Zion, which mm-hmm. claim that you know there's a, 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 a an elite group of Jews that are trying to take over the world. You know, just really nasty, nasty stuff. But all of these conspiracy theories have been weaponized, right, in order to to push a particular agenda, and unfortunately, it seems to be working.
0: Yeah, and when we look at this, we can go, well, of course, it's working in the States, but we're very different than Americans. I, You know, we like to think that we are, you know, better than Americans in some ways, maybe more educated. I don't necessarily n- know that this is a problem with education. I mean, I think this is a problem with uh, really uh, people – and this has gone on through history, uh, looking at people that are on the fringe, that feel left out, that feel like there's nothing for them and are really motivated by fear to get active. And so this idea like the great replacement theory, I think you, all, you have to have a bit of intelligence to kind of break it all down. If that's the case, we're not talking about generally dumb people that are miseducated or uneducated. They are misinformed and they're buying into this, but it... it they are definitely being led by people who have an agenda. The unfortunate thing is they're not smart enough to recognize the agenda. And the agenda is for numbers.
1: Yeah, You're right. And research tells us, you know, backs up again exactly what you said. You know, people are more susceptible to conspiracy theories when there is you know, a high degree of uncertainty. And we definitely saw that through the pandemic when there is fear, right? When when people feel as you just highlighted that their place in society has been um, dissipated, right? When they, they feel displaced, right? Um, and there is this erosion of trust. You have those mm-hmm. kind of conditions and people are more likely to believe conspiracy theories because they provide a narrative that explains what's going on uh, especially if that narrative plays to, you know, their preconceived notions, their ideology. Uh, and so I think that that's what happened throughout the pandemic. And that's why we've seen the growth in these in the embrace of these conspiracy theories. And then unfortunately, what's happening right now, and this is something we're looking at at, at the at our institute, is that this has really become about ideology. You know, the the people who believe these things, they have generally speaking, and I have to be careful here because it happens to people across the ideological spectrum, but generally speaking, you know, come from a particular ideological leaning uh, and that legitimizes it. And it becomes more difficult to change people's minds because it becomes part of their personal identity. It becomes Mm -hmm. part of their community and it becomes all about in-group signaling. Uh, And my pessimistic uh, conclusion is, unfortunately, that it becomes very difficult to change their minds, as we've seen in the United States, right, with the big lie. Uh, yeah. It really, really can be difficult to turn people around.
0: It's interesting that you bring up the big lie, because right now we're looking at the January 6 hearings. And I uh, have to say, it, it, it seems to me that if you've already bought into the big lie, uh, what you're hearing at the hearings, or even if it's Bill Barr or Ivanka Trump saying that, you know, we told uh, him there, it's actually on the up and up, you didn't win the election. That people have already made up their minds, and they're so entrenched in the lie that they bought into that they feel like they're being had.
1: You're right, and and it becomes a a sealed uh, community, right? So so what happens is they see the the that play out on on you know CNN. They're probably not watching CNN,
0: but They, right. see, they hear they, about see, it. they yeah. see
1: that playing out, uh, and um, that becomes part of the conspiracy. Right, they say, "Oh, well, the, you know, this entire January sixth, you know, the all these hearings—that's part of the conspiracy, so they can justify maintaining their belief system because they have to. It's part of their personal identity."
0: Yeah. So now, the one thing that you're really terrified is the fact that uh, we're not seeing politicians back away from groups that have already bought into conspiracy theories. How how worrying is that for you?
1: That that's really worrying for me, and and that goes back to what I you know said earlier about how how this has become about ideology. Because what happens, you know, in Canada, it, it, it's we're starting to see it happen, and I won't name any uh, names here, but you have at a minimum kind of this implicit endorsement of a lot of these ideas, and of course they benefit from it. They're they're leveraging the conspiracy theory for political gain, and mm-hmm. um, in the United States, it's been much more explicit, of course, around the big lie. But you're starting to see similar themes emerge in Canada. And that, and when that happens, you know, these conspiracy theories become legitimized. They become more entrenched, and it becomes much more difficult to turn things around. And, and I think it's really important to emphasize, Kelly. This really, really matters. I mean, we have good evidence that these kinds of conspiracy theories they they kill people. They kill people. Yeah. Uh, they they lead to um, division, discrimination, stigmatization, yeah. and uh, and they of course erode our our, our democracy.
0: Yeah. It's very dangerous indeed. And let me ask you this before to go full circle. We all know that I didn't get enough sleep because I watched three episodes of Pistols last night about the Sex Pistols uh based on Steve Jones' uh book. Uh have you started it yet, Tim?
1: I have started as I said, I'm a huge I, I used to be in a punk band. I opened for the Ramones, Kelly. How's Come that for us? A, a what check? was the band's <laughs> name? That band was called the Citizens. Yes, I was a Clash fanatic, (laughs) so uh, I tried to find a name that sort of evoked Joe Strummer and the Gang. Uh, Yeah, so uh, yeah, very excited about the show, uh, and I've watched the first episode.
0: Oh, you've only watched the first episode? Why you uh, uh, clearly have a better work ethic than than I, Kelly? That's yeah, (laughs) better work ethic. I'm looking at the time ticking away, and I'm thinking you have to get up at five a.m., Kelly. You got to shut her down. I found it was hard to go to sleep. Because and I love the character that plays Johnny Rotten. I don't think you've seen him yet, but wait till you see him. It is awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean that album is that album is amazing, and I, I think it's a very unique show. The way it's it's you know he, he uh, Doyle did a Boyle. great job, right? Yeah. you know the way it's it's put together, and so yeah, it's I love it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Timothy, uh, great talking uh, Sex Pistols with you and conspiracy theories. I'm sure we'll talk again. It's important information that you brought forward, and you uh, have been a pleasure to talk to.
1: Thanks a lot, Kelly.
0: Thanks for uh, dealing with my lack of sleep. Timothy Confield, Canada Chair, Research Chair in Health Law and Policy, based at the University of Alberta, specializes in what? Misinformation, not Mr. Information.